I want us to realize that we've kind of made a villain out of something that doesn't need to be it. And we're over here getting worried about, is this masculine marketing? Is this feminine marketing? Is it bad or is it good? When it's all neutral at the end of the day. Welcome to She Leads First, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are ready to build a brand that will become a revenue generating machine. Hey guys, I'm Emily Sincata, a brand and business strategist with years of experience in both marketing and online product development. Each week, myself and my guests are going to share our own experiences and knowledge with you so that you can figure out exactly what about your brand is going to keep people coming back for more. You'll leave this podcast equipped with the confidence to tackle those big goals that are going to scale the impact of your brand and your bank account. It's time for you to embody that CEO energy and start leading first. After all, you're building more than just a business. You are building a movement. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of She Leads First. I have a topic that I'm really excited to chat with you about today and clear some things up because I see it thrown around and these words thrown around all the time in the online coaching and online marketing space, and I want to set the record straight. And that topic is that I want to discuss is the difference between masculine versus feminine marketing. What does that even mean? What does this boil down to? And is it even a real thing? I'm excited to dive into this with you because this is something where I have shifted my perspective on, or rather I took a detour on my perspective after I got my degree in marketing from the University of Wisconsin in 2016. You know, new marketing was marketing. I went and I worked in marketing for many years, and then I came into the online space and people were talking to me about feminine marketing. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so different than what I was taught in terms of how it was being described. And for a while I was like, okay, feminine marketing. Yes, I'm all about this. But then I started to sit with it and I started to dissect it because that's how my brain works. And with time and with analysis and with logic and with reason, I've come to this truth that I want to share with you and break down with you on this episode today, which is there is no such thing as masculine marketing versus feminine marketing, at the end of the day, there is only marketing. Marketing is a discipline. Marketing is a science. Yes, there's an artistry to marketing as well. I often describe it an art and a science, but the art on its own is just art, right? Like without the underlying discipline of what is marketing and what makes something a good piece of marketing is that it has the ability to persuade. And persuasion can be a good thing, and persuasion can also be used negatively. It's up to the person who is creating the marketing materials to be in a state of integrity with what they are putting out and what they are trying to get people to do. However, the marketing itself is based on underlying principles of human behavior. It's based on logic. So much of my marketing degree, you would be so surprised at how much of it was just understanding logic and logical fallacies that people play into, and knowing how to set up words and set up marketing materials to help people move through common logical fallacies or mistakes that they make when trying to make decisions, logical 
errors that we bump up against and helping them move through it and guiding them towards a preferred decision that we would have as the marketers. But so much of it just came down to understanding logic. I took so many classes where we just had to understand how people's brains make decisions and how to use logic as a framework for your marketing. It was a combination, I would always say, of that, of logic and also of human behavior. A lot of it felt like a psychology degree. And you marry those two together to create marketing materials of, okay, we know that humans tend to respond to this type of stimuli in this way. How can we work around that in how we present how we're talking about our offer? How do we guide somebody to make a decision on their own that it feels like this is the right choice for them? And again, even as I'm saying that, you can see how this can be used positively and how this can be used negatively for a negative agenda. If you're using persuasion to try to change somebody's life, that's a really positive thing if you know that the thing you have is going to make a drastic difference in their lives. But if you're selling something that is hollow, that can't deliver on the promises that you say that it's going to, then persuasion becomes something negative. Right. So, so much of how we perceive marketing just comes down to the person who is creating the marketing and what are their intentions for it. And that's important to understand for this conversation because I believe that that's where a lot of this masculine versus feminine conversation around marketing has began. Because if we think about traditional marketing, it's a lot of disruption. It's a lot of, I'm going to place this ad here, whether it's a TV ad or a print ad or something of that nature. If we think back to traditional advertising, side note, a lot of what I learned in school too, we were analyzing ads in magazines and we were breaking down, why is this persuasive? Why is the imagery chosen? How does that help guide somebody towards thinking about a certain thing without explicitly saying it? Very interesting stuff. But if you think about it, it interrupted whatever you were doing. Whatever you were watching, whatever you were scrolling through, even on social media in the rise of the digital media ages, we're going through it, a pop-up on your screen. It could be an ad that you didn't want but got served to you, disrupting your scroll, right? A lot of times when we think about traditional marketing, those are the types of things that we think about. And a lot of times those are a little bit annoying to us, right? And when we think of marketing, those are the types of things that our brain goes to, are these things that give us a little bit of a negative reaction. And we know that they work. We know that people are still susceptible to them. And so it creates this feeling of frustration. And what I believe is happening when we have named this, because if we think about what people are talking about when they're talking about masculine marketing strategies, oftentimes what's coming up in those conversations are these step-by-step, I put this in front of you and then you take this action because of the words on the screen, the, the imagery, the video, whatever it is, persuaded you to take a certain action. But this act of disrupting the scroll or disrupting whatever you're doing with an ad priming you to take a certain action, that has traditionally been deemed masculine marketing. A lot of times when you hear people talk about it, it's about these really step-by-step methodical, logical processes of getting people to take a desired action. And a lot of times it's tied to these annoying, quote-unquote, tactics that people utilize because they're strategic. They've been measured. They've been recorded. We know that they work. But also as the consumers, we know what they are. So you almost feel like you're being tugged along, right? Like you know what's happening, but you also can't help but be susceptible to it because it's really good marketing, this kind of thing. But what I'm trying to preframe or what I'm trying to set up is that is what we've often in the online space attached the idea of masculine 
marketing too. And I think a big reason for that is because marketing up until the digital age was a very male-dominated space and in many ways traditional marketing still is. You know, you think of Mad Men, you think of how advertising was a male game in the past. And if you read about advertising, all the big names in it are men. And so I think men are uniquely attached to this style of marketing. And a lot of the big names that came out of, you know, the early eras of marketing and even of digital marketing, they're men. And so I feel like we've attached masculine This also plays into the whole idea of masculine versus feminine energy for anyone who's in the spiritual world. I do believe that played a role in this as well. But that style of marketing has been attached to the masculine. What I want to say to you is that it's just marketing. It's not that it's unique to men doing it, and it's not that it's bad. I feel like the connotation of bad got thrown in there too because we look at those styles of marketing. They're very visible, and we're like, okay, I know what's happening here, and I don't like it. So therefore, it's bad. And so we've demonized what we are saying is this masculine marketing. And what I've seen in the online space and why I wanted to create this podcast talking about it is we're praising what's being then deemed as feminine marketing as a positive alternative or as a better alternative to using these quote-unquote evil masculine marketing strategies when they're really not evil at all. It's really about the intent of the person creating the marketing materials, right? So then what is feminine marketing? And this one is harder to put a face to. I don't think people really know what they mean when they say feminine marketing is better. To me, When I hear people describe feminine marketing, there's two things coming into play. Number one, they're describing attraction marketing. And here's my thoughts on why this is attached to feminine. So attraction marketing, for those of you who aren't familiar, is essentially influencer marketing. It's also the kind of marketing that most of us do on our social media pages. If you write blogs, that falls into this too. It's anything where you put out valuable content to draw people into you. You hook them in with something that they want, and then you essentially sell to them without them realizing that they're being sold to. A very classic example of this is the influencer that sells the lipstick that she's using in her Get Ready With Me without having to say, hey, go buy this. You're just purely influenced by her using it and you like her and you trust her. And so then you suddenly feel this urge to go buy the thing that she's using. That core principle is inbound marketing, pulling someone into you. So the difference between that and Outbound marketing would be something where you are, let's say, creating an ad, something where you are placing your product into someone else's sphere versus drawing them into yours with something that they want. That's inbound marketing, which is attraction marketing as a form of inbound marketing. So already, even just in me describing this, you can see how feminine marketing, which is a lot of times attached to this influencer style of marketing is still marketing. It's still leveraging these universal marketing principles of outbound versus inbound. It's just one particular style of doing it. And the reason I feel like this has been coined feminine marketing, to circle back to my point here, is because it really became popular with the rise of the online influencer. And that is a largely female-dominated space. 
And the marketing is less obvious. The marketing principles at work when you are doing attraction marketing is less obvious. It doesn't feel like you're being marketed to the same way that it would if you were looking at an ad for a product. It doesn't feel like you're being marketed to the same way it would if you were on a sales page, the same way if you were going through a webinar, something like that where we know what's happening even before you're on it. You're like, I know this is just here to sell to me. And even if it's really good and you end up buying the product, you're still like, I know what's happening here. But with influencer marketing, with attraction marketing, with this different style of creating, those marketing principles are still at play. The same way that you're being sold to on a webinar, the same persuasion methodology is happening in the influencer marketing. It's just not as obvious. You're building trust in different ways. Instead of strategically set up examples of here's why you should trust me and here's why I'm authority on X, Y, and Z, you're getting that more passively by enjoying their content and looking at the products they use and seeing how it works on them. For example, if we go back to like the makeup influencer, somebody doing a get ready with me post, it's more subtle. It's less in your face. And so a lot of times I believe that people don't even realize they're being marketed to. They don't even realize if they're using that style of marketing that they're still utilizing the same principles as the more obvious or masculine style of marketing. It's just hidden in a little bit different of an artistry. And so we've claimed because I don't feel the marketing experience over here, it's feminine and it's good. But when I understand what's happening, when I see the marketing experience, it's masculine and it's bad. But it's all marketing at the end of the day is what I want to bring forward to you. If you were to go through and you were to analyze, okay, what's the psychological cues that somebody is going through when they're watching this influencer's videos versus when they're watching this webinar, you're going through the same logical process of, okay, does this person understand me? Okay, have they answered my questions about whether or not this product will work for me? Do they have other examples of people liking it and people using it? So it, that could be the difference between a case study and somebody saying, hey, every time I post this lipstick, you guys sell it out, right? Other people trust and like this person. So it's like the same processes are happening, the same psychological process or methodology or way that somebody moves to make a decision is still happening. It just looks different. And so we need to deconstruct this idea that masculine versus feminine, one, that they're different in the online space because they're not. They leverage the same principles, the same styles of logic and persuasion. But two, that one is better than the other. Because here's what I see is happening is People are closing their ears and saying, I don't want to hear it when somebody talks about something that they deem to be a masculine marketing strategy. And I think a beautiful example of this or a example of this that illustrates it well, but I'm frustrated by is the idea that you should not be referring to potential customers as leads and saying anybody who's talking about customers as leads, yucky masculine marketing strategies, get it out of here. When in reality, you're just demonizing a term that's been around in marketing forever to describe a relationship that has started but needs more nurturing. Why does it matter if you call that person a lead versus if you call that person a new relationship in your world? Either way, you're describing the same thing. And what I see happening is people shut down and they don't want to listen to anything that might fall into this masculine marketing camp. And what happens is they're missing out on learning some really great marketing lessons that are going to help them no matter how they choose to execute their marketing. It's going to help them succeed. You shouldn't feel like you can't listen to somebody 
who uses the term leads because their marketing doesn't align with yours because you're going to miss out on some great lessons from some really great teachers because I'm here to tell you, anybody that has studied marketing, they're familiar with the terminology that goes along with that discipline and they're going to be saying things like leads. They're going to be talking to you about sales funnels. They're going to be talking to you about persuasion. They're going to be talking to you about sales systems and sales calls and these things that in the online space, for some reason, we've demonized them when it's not, in fact, about the strategies themselves being good or bad. The strategies are neutral. It's how you use them that matters. I'm going to say that again. The strategies themselves are neutral. How you choose to apply them is what makes them good or bad. And this will always be true in your business. And you will be able, if you learn marketing strategies, to get results whether or not you have a good product, but it won't be long-lived if people aren't getting good results in your world. And this is what we need to realize, and this is what we need to work on. To me, the biggest problem in the online space right now is a lack of emphasis on service once the marketing works and people are in your world and making sure that people get results. I'm frustrated hearing people go back and forth, you know, what is the best sales strategy and what's in the highest integrity and what is the best and what is yucky, like sales calls yucky, don't do those, but DMing back and forth, that's good, that's positive, do do that. Why are we having debates about how? Because it doesn't really matter how, it matters your intentions on the execution and then when people get in your world, what kind of experience are they having? That's where we need to put our emphasis. And I think that this comes about because there's people teaching marketing who don't actually understand marketing. You can intuitively stumble your way into be really good at marketing for yourself. Because at the end of the day, it's these universal principles, right? It's human behavior. If you understand and you talk to enough people, you're going to start to notice the patterns of when I talk about something this way, it generates a response in people. You can intuitively get there, and some people do. And some people get really good at intuitively marketing for themselves where they don't even know that they're leveraging certain strategies that if they saw it in something that they would consider a yucky sales format, they would just write it off as masculine marketing. I don't do that over here. I don't utilize that over here. When in reality... The person may very well be using the exact same strategies. They just don't know that they're utilizing it. And this isn't to shame anybody. This is not to put anybody down. I don't think, and take this with a grain of salt, but I don't believe you need to have a marketing degree to be able to teach marketing to other people. I think there's so many good resources out there. I think there's so many good books that you can learn from. I think there's so much good DIY education that you can get to a point where you can teach other people marketing without having to had to go and get the expensive degree in marketing. However, I want us to realize that we've kind of made a villain out of something that doesn't need to be it. And we're over here getting worried about, is this masculine marketing? Is this feminine marketing? Is it bad or is it good when it's all neutral at the end of the day? So to officially settle the debate, and if you haven't heard this debate, I'm glad we're squashing it now before you stumble into it. There is no such thing as masculine versus feminine marketing. What you may hear people talk about, which is a different conversation, like I started to say earlier, is there is something to masculine versus feminine energy and how that comes into our business and how that shows up in our lives. 
And that's more of a spiritual discipline versus actual tangible strategy that we can write down and we can measure. And I think it's very important that we don't confuse the two. Because when we start to confuse them, that's when things start to get unclear and that's when things start to unfortunately get incorrect. And so you can have very valid and deep and valuable conversations around energy and balancing masculine and feminine energies in your business and in your strategies. That's a conversation of how you show up versus what are you actually doing? There's no masculine versus feminine there. There's just strategies. So let me know if you guys like this topic. I'm happy to talk more on it, but I often even find when I try to talk more, I'm like, there is no more to say because there is no such thing as masculine versus feminine in this particular area of marketing. Marketing is marketing. Marketing is neutral. Marketing has no feminine versus masculine attached to it. It's all just about persuasion and principles of behavior. So I hope that this cleared some things up. I hope that you like this topic. If you do, send me a DM on Instagram and let me know. I'm happy to answer any more questions that come up about it or clarify anything or talk more about it where I can. But remember, marketing has no agenda. It's up to you to make yourself feel good and make everyone in your world feel good about how you're executing the strategies and how they make people in your world feel. All right, you guys, I love you and I will see you on the next episode. Hey, before you go, I've got two quick things for you. Number one, I want to say thank you so much for being here. It truly means the world to me that you choose to spend your time here listening to these conversations, tuning in with me, soaking up all of this information and everything that we are going through together. I cannot express how much gratitude I have for you for being here on this journey with me. With that said, number two, the second thing I have for you is I want to make sure that since you're here, you have my phone number. Seriously, I have an inner circle daily text list where every single day, Monday through Friday, I send out a positive affirmation or a journal prompt or something I've been thinking about, or even an aha moment that has completely shifted my perspective that I want to share with you too. So you can share in on everything that I am working on to grow and continue evolving and continuing to be the best version of myself. I want to share those things with you. And the best place to do it is through this inner circle daily text list. So if you want to get on this list, if you want to receive these messages from me, and again, yes, it's really me. It's coming straight from my phone. What you need to do is text the word community to my number at 213-606-3853. Again, that's the word community to my number 213-606-3853. As soon as you send me over that tax, I will send you a message back with the quick details to officially register for this inner circle daily text list. And once you are all registered, we are ready to get to texting. The messages all go straight to my phone. I see all of the replies. I look at them. I send you messages back. So it is such a great way for us to connect and continue to work on our growth together. So go ahead and shoot me that message ASAP so that we can get connected.